Very excited for this episode of the Morning After Podcast with Mike Keller and Jenny Matthews. Welcome. Uh, today, we're going to, we usually talk about real life and just daily life and things that are happening with us, you know, with the baby on the way and things like that. Today, we're going to talk, we're going to a little industry speak today. Okay. We don't usually go here, but we will. We'll just, because we do have thoughts and opinions. And I just, I think this is a conversation that needs to happen uh, as far as the country music industry goes. I feel like some of you are really going to enjoy this conversation. And some of you maybe not so much, and that's okay, but we wanted to change it up at least for just this one week. So we're going to start, actually, with a conversation that I had with Michael Ray. Jenny, don't be jealous, but uh, we had a little Mike and Michael time. We know we talked about how great the first name is. Listen, I know when we talked to his ex, hate to bring that up, Carly oh. Pierce, sorry to bring that up, but I sort of hogged that interview. You did. <laughs> so here, this is your special time with Michael Ray. Yeah, so Jenny, just go ahead and go, uh, go to the bathroom or something. Okay. Michael Ray joins us. What's up, Michael? What's up, man? I tell you, we're going to like straight up rip off ESPN here because what we've got here is a classic Mike and Mike in the morning scenario. So <laughs> That's right. Like, the real one. We're the real one, though. Yeah, well, I, but it's like it's like it's Mike and Michael since you use the full name. I think that avoids all the copyright lawsuits, man. So. <laughs> all the stuff we got to deal with. It. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They have a lot better lawyers than we do. No, thank you for time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Thank you for taking the time to, to talk to all of us in Kansas City, man. It's good to hear from you. <laughs> Yeah, man, dude. Thanks for having me. I want to start the conversation with just a quick congratulations because I'm very proud of you that uh, Whiskey and Rain did go number one. Your fourth number one. Congratulations. Thank you. What I like about that song personally is it does bring back a uh, you know a more traditional country sound. And I want to get your thoughts on this, like with what's going on in Nashville right now. I feel like I sense a trend of maybe you know we kind of had our our bro country run here over the last decade or so, but I feel like more traditional sounds are starting to make their way back into Nashville. Do you sense that? Do you feel the same way? And also, do you want that if it were to happen? Yeah, man. You know, I think I, I'm, you know, it's funny. I was literally having this conversation not long ago with a with a songwriter buddy of mine. Yeah, I do think it's changing, um, and I and I embrace it a lot. Um, I don't have anything. You know, uh, I, I think the I think every, you know, we go back in country music, there's so many, you know, you have the urban cowboy days, you have, you know, the outlaw days. And every every time there was this this movement or, or whatever that you want to call it, you know, this this part of it, um, it opened it up to, to, it opened country music up to maybe other people that would, might not, that thought it was something else, right? So I think every, all that kind of has their, its place. But, you know, when I got my record deal, it was right around the time Bro Country was kind of doing its thing and really taking over. Right. And so what I was doing was more traditional sounding, you know, compared mm-hmm. to what was on radio or what was being sent out, you know, uh, and made and what kind of was the big boom then. Um, and so during that time, you know, you got to you got to play ball. I, wanna, I wanted this. I want to be a part of country music. So I ever wanted to do, you know. And so. A lot of times, man, during that time, you know, I was just trying to find out where I fit in and doing, doing a style that it really wasn't me, but I was wanting to, I was trying to make it me, you know. Right. And uh, and and I think a lot of times it just takes a couple artists that that, that kind of start breaking through. I think I think too, man. I think a lot of people are, were missing um, those lyrics, man. I think you know during that time frame, you know, it was all about the melody. It was great, you know. You could jam it on your boat. It was awesome. Those good right. times. There's I don't have anything, you know, it did it, the it, it, same, but I think people, I think fans, country music fans, they missed out that, that lyric at the end of the day, yeah. you know, and uh, and I think it's coming together. I think it's, I think it, it allowed it to, to branch out and to come up with cool new melodic ways to, to have this newer sound, but also have that dated um, back to what we love, you know, when you're hearing that more come out. 
Yeah, and you meant the lyrics. I also think the instruments, too. Like, man, I kind of miss a fiddle and a steel guitar. I love the way that sounds, and I'm not, you know, same same way my parents did. So Absolutely, man, absolutely, bro. Yeah, you can't get that. You just can't be a fiddle and a steel guitar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's what I grew up on and, and, you know, playing in my family's band down in Florida, my grandpa's band and DFWs. And, you know, I was playing Ray Price and Porter Wagner and Bobby Bear and, you know, Waylon and Merle, and, and <laughs> that's what that was. That's what I was playing. So, so yeah. So that's why I, that's what I go back to. So I'm I'm glad that it's taken this little turn, um, and I think it's. Uh, I you know I just think like I said, there's there's something great about a fiddle steel and some true country lyrics. You brought up your grandpa, and you're going to lead me right to my next question, which I very much appreciate you doing. Make me sound like I'm good at my job. But no, because I read this on the internet. You tell me if it's true, because now your new song's out, Holy Water, which is shooting up the mm-hmm. charts even faster. Then Whiskey and Rain did. Congrats on that. And I'm, I'm reading the story about how your grandparents and what they maybe did illegally is is, is a reason behind this. Is this a true story? <laughs> yeah, man. So, well, so when Holy Water came about, I knew exactly where I wanted to film the video immediately. And so we have, so the video, that white church you see in there is uh, called Cash Baptist Church. That's a church that um, it dates back to 1889. My family's been involved with it since day one uh, generation in that area. And so it's off this back dirt road, very at the end of the dirt road, dude, to the left. It dead ends there, and then it goes into this big field and all these woods that wrap around. Well, in those woods that wrap around, wraps around back to where my dad and them live and everybody and where my grandparents lived and their parents lived back in the day. Uh, and in those woods is where they ran moonshine. And so – uh, when when we were filming, I just like man, there's this cool, majestic, cool honesty in these woods. You know what I mean of what we're doing here, and, right. and just kind of have those moments of thinking back, like man, I wonder what it was like, you know, to be right here back then. And so uh, it just it, it all it all made sense to to bring the video back to the hometown, back to the home church, and uh, and back to the. The, the 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 ground that I heard all the all the stories. Of course, they said allegedly, so I can't. You know. <laughs> I know you pretty much just threw your grandparents out of the bus. They're criminals. The cops are on hey, their way. Hey, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Grandpa's looking down now, going, "Hey, too late, too late. Right. You, you missed the chance to get me." <laughs> you can wrap me now. And that new song, "Holy Water," is about that. It's about this preacher and his little his little side hustle. I'll let you listen, and we'll play it right after this here on Q104. So, and just like, the, and I love it. It gives me like kind of old red vibes because it's like a it's a story about committing a crime and then you know kind of getting away with it. Like I'm here. For, I love a good. I feel like I haven't heard a good like storytelling song like since Old Red. So thank you for that too. Man, I agree with you, man. You know, during quarantine when I was doing hockey on Tuesday and I was really uh back in immersed myself into 90s country 80s country 70s country you know I was listening to a lot of the stuff and really going down this rabbit hole and I'm, I'm a history nerd in a lot of things and, and and so country music is one of those obsessions of history I'm you know, just obsessed with the history of it mm-hmm. and, and how things became and so anyway I just it, it, you know I started listening to that and when you're when you're making records and writing records and you know, you end up listening to more of your songs or demos than you do anything else because you're trying to make the ne- next record. And so, uh, that time period, I was listening to these old, these older songs, these older albums. You know, and I was like, man, I miss that story song. And I, and you're right, I man. I thought the same thing. I was like, I don't think there really has been one since Old Red had came out. And uh, and to me, that's I mean, Blake's had massive hits, and but that's still one of my top favorite songs of his. You know, 
Uh, and so th- this song, just when I when I heard it, I was like, man, this has all of that together. It just felt real special. Yeah, if you're an old Red fan, uh, check out Holy Water by Michael Ray. Uh, last question here, because I obviously, I, I know Nashville's like, I, I've heard a lot of you describe it as like, a, it's like a big, small town. Everybody kind of knows everybody. And your new project, you know, you've got Lee Bryce, but you're touring with him, so that makes sense. But then I read some of the other names on this list, like your new project, you've got Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top. You've got Kid Rock on the new album. How... Who do, do you reach out to them or their people or, or, or how do you even you just go to your boss and say, like, can I get Kid Rock on the record? Like, how did that come to be? Well, uh, well, Kid, Kid and I've got I got I've got to know both of them through uh, my buddy Tim Montana. He's been he's been friends with them for a while. And he introduced me to them years ago when we became buddies. And uh, and so when Tim and I were listening to the song in his garage, I was like, man, I, you know, I wanted to do this fun thing, kind of like an all my rowdy friends thing. Uh, and just have to have some of your boys in it, not just people you just reached out to, you know, to try to collaborate for a cloud or anything like that. I just wanted it to be fun. And uh, so we we called we called Billy up personally, and and he was going to be in Nashville anyway. And so he's like, "Yeah, brother, I'll be there," you know. <laughs> and so he uh, he he came in and just laid it down, which was you know awesome. And and uh, and then we sent it to, to Kid Rock, and he was, I think he was out of town, and when he got back to his home studio, he laid down his part, and then uh, Tim laid down his part, and then, man, Lee, we were headed out to, I, I, re- I listened to this song, and I was like, man, there's still something missing. As hard as to believe that is, having Billy Gibbons and Kid Rock on there, I was like, there's still something else. And we were headed out to Duck Hunt, we were in Lee's bus, and Lee was there, and we played it for him, and, and he's like, hell, I'll throw mine on there, and dude, when he did, it was just like, when I heard it back, I was like, that was it. That's what we need right there. That, that big, just belting voice. And, uh, and it just it came together so cool, man. But, you know, it meant a lot that, you know, like I said, Kid Rock and Billy are, are friends of mine. But, you know, they're still massive rock legends. So for them to, uh, to take time out of their, their day and, and all the things that are asked of them to uh, be a part of my thing, man, really meant a lot. That's very, that's awesome. I remember Lee Bryce, we were doing like, what we, we come down to Nashville for one of those two day things with Charlotte McCoy and uh, like 70 interviews in two days. It was massive. And Lee was literally our last guy before we hit the airport and we were so done and he was so done because we were his last radio station. We all just kicked our feet up and I was like, Lee, what do you want to talk about? And he's like, how about your Chiefs, man? They're kind of sucking now. I'm like, thanks, Lee. That's great, man. I appreciate you. <laughs> that's, <laughs> and that, that, is, it, that, that, that is 100% what I thought he was going to say. On <laughs> it was hysterical. Hey, man, I appreciate the interview. I appreciate the time. And, and it's, it's cool to see Holy Water jumping up as fast as it is already. We're going to play it right now on Q104. And probably just another number one for old Michael Ray. There, but hey, a lot of people agree with this. Thank you for trying to bring that traditional sound back because it's. I, I enjoyed the bro country, but but it's about time, my humble opinion. It's about time to bring bring back that more traditional sound. So thank you for uh, helping lead that charge. Hey man, I appreciate it, buddy. I'm uh, I, I agree with you. Can't wait for y'all to uh, to hear the rest of what we got. Can't wait to uh, get on this tour with Lee Bryce, and I appreciate y'all playing the the crap out of. Holy water, man. I love you guys. <laughs> you bet it. Uh, Mike and Michael in the morning on Q104. Thank you, man. That's <laughs> I just, I really enjoyed that conversation. And, but I wanted to make something clear as well. I, I enjoy the bro country. And I think it's safe to say that, like, when you think bro country, for me, I think FGL is kind of who brought that to the forefront. Right. And, like, I mean, I've seen them perform a couple times. I love FGL. People, like, try to hate FGL, like, they hate Nickelback, like, for no good reason. Mm-hmm. But I love that style. But it's, it's just been interesting. 
I, I do feel like maybe we've strayed as as an as the country industry a little too far in that direction. And like I, I thought the perfect example of that was talking to Michael about how uh, we hadn't had a good storytelling song since Old Red. Think Tim McGraw's "Don't Take the Girl" mm-hmm. songs that literally tell a story in three and a half minutes. And I feel like we haven't had one of those in a while. And I would love to see song, songs like that start coming back to the radio. Yeah, and I think that um, that is what made country music great to begin with, mm-hmm. is the storytelling songs. I mean, here's the thing. I'm with you. I love bro country. I do. Um, certain times. I think in the summertime, I'm sitting by the pool or, mm-hmm. you know, we're we're taking a drive. Like, that's what I want to hear. You know, I'm, I love it. But I don't always want to hear it. And I don't want that to be the identity of country music. Does it make mm-hmm. sense? Like, I like it. It's a thing, but it's a thing of its own. I And I like it sometimes, and, I, and when I want it, I'm glad it's there. But I feel like I'm with you in that I miss the storytelling. And I miss some of just the... Oh, but I have to be careful with this, because I'm telling you right now, and this is maybe unpopular opinion, everybody's different. Yeah. I, I grew up, you know, my dad, big country music fan growing up, and it was a lot of Merle Haggard and Willie Nelson and stuff like that. I appreciate it for what it is. Mm-hmm. It is not something that I enjoy listening to in my spare time. I appreciate it. Yeah. And I think for me even, I don't think for me appreciates the right word because I agree with your critique mm-hmm. there. I think it's just a generational thing. I think it depends on what you, if you, if you grew up during that time, you're going to like that. But like nobody likes the music that their parents listen to for the most part. But to be fair then, my dad, again, loves country music, mm-hmm. but that's the kind of music he wants. He thinks bro country is absurd. Of course. And I get it because if that's the country he grew up with and that he loved and that he knows this has to sound absurd to him. It's totally different. Yeah. And then, and again, when we say bro country, that's just what it is. We're not saying that as an insulting term no. or an endearing term. That's just, that's just what it is. That's how we're describing it. We, and yeah. some people you say bro country, they roll their eyes. We, we enjoy it. But like going back to your thought, I agree with you. Like I just didn't grow up with Mer- Merle Haggard and Willie Nell. Merle Haggard is my favorite one to bring up because I, I don't even know if it's appreciate. I respect his line of work. Oh, totally. You can't, you can't not respect the success that Merle Haggard had. Mm-hmm. But if you asked me honestly, after listening to a Merle Haggard song, I think he's got one of the worst <laughs> singing voices I've ever heard. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> no, saying that to insult him. I'm saying that's my opinion. Like, think about Willie Nelson. It's the same thing. He's like it's his a, nose is plugged. It is a distinct sound. I said stink after you said nose. No, but here's the thing. I I can get down with some Willie Nelson in that it brings back childhood memories. I can think of my grandparents listen to it, you know, stuff like that. But it's not what I want to listen to. It's no different than I, you know, I'm riding in the car with my kids these days. Listen, I love 80s music. Oh, to my core. Mm -hmm. And again, it's because it's the music I grew up with. It's just it brings back some kind of nostalgia for me Mm -hmm. (laughs) and my son. He kind of rolled with me for a little while. My daughter loathes it. It's like, Mom, turn that off. Right, Mom, I don't need to hear the song. In the 80s, and I'm sorry, people don't realize, the 80s were 40 years ago. Right. I mean, it's but it's the music I grew up when I was about their age. It was music that right. I was enjoying. And I told her that. I was like, Jules, like this song, yeah. I think it was Prince Let's Go Crazy, which... I mean, I had it on repeat. I said, you know, Miles, I was your age when this song was super popular. They do not care. But they don't care. They don't get it. And they shouldn't get it. They Mm -mm. weren't alive then. You know what I mean? But it's no different than the music that they listen to now that I'm like, I don't, I don't get this. I know. I can't wait till what you, the only thing you can do is wait until 40 years from now when they're in the car with their kids and Doja Cat comes on (laughs) and they're, or we don't talk about Bruno comes on (laughs) and they're like, 
I heard, I loved this song when I was your age. And their kids are like, Mom, this, it's like the year 2050. Totally. This, car, this song sucks, And I tell Mom. them that. I say, you don't realize it now, but there's stuff right now that you're going to listen to later and your kids are going to hate it. They don't believe me, but I think, it's just like, the way it goes. And, and for me, so yeah, I'm, I'm a couple years behind you. And for me, it's the 90s and the early 2000s where music really thrived for me. Uh, everything from the Matchbox 20, Hootie and the Blowfish, Alanis Morissette era, up to the TRL days of the boy bands, Britney and Christina, and then over into Eminem and Dr. Dre and things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, I didn't get into country until uh, I got into radio. Same. Because I was on a pop station. I really mainly listened to pop. Mm-hmm. And I think because I was turned off from country, just because, again, I grew up with the stuff my dad listened to, and it just wasn't appealing to me. And I assumed that's all country was. So... Our station flipped formats. It's a long story. I ended up needing a job and wanting to stay in the industry. And the only thing available was a spot on a country station. And I was like, I'll take it. But I was terrified. I thought, I'm going to hate this. But this is in the time of like, I don't know, it was 2000 something, maybe 2002, three. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember. But it was like Keith Urban had just hit. Yep. And um, oh, gosh. Got O2. Did the Dixie Chicks they were, swear out the president oh, yet? No, okay, I don't think they it did before, yet. It was when they... I was on country radio when that whole thing happened and we had to stop playing them because we got death threats and everything else. Mm -hmm. So like that, but that was the time. So you kind of get like where I was. People are still mad about that 20 Mm -hmm. years later. Like I understand being being like mad about that. I don't disagree. The problem is like take what they said out, which I know can be hard to do. But like, if you just focus on same with you, you talk about Michael Jackson, you're able to separate the music from the person and, and the alleged thing. And well, with the Dixie Chicks, it wasn't a legend. Man, the Dixie Chicks had some bangers. Like that's some of the best music of all oh, time. I would agree with you. And I've seen them live. They're phenomenal. But if I tried to play um, "Cowboy Take Me Away," mm-hmm. one of the great, and I, I have no problem telling you that is one of the greatest country songs of all time. I know it. "Cowboy Take Me Away" by the Dixie Chicks. But if we played that now, we would literally we would get flooded with text messages. Our boss would get a couple of phone calls. People very ticked off. I'm surprised. But I respect your 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 feelings on that, people who would be upset by yeah, that. So we don't. But it, that does kind of surprise me that 20 years later, the feeling of them is so strong. Because, but uh, what I think is that if what they said then, if they said it now, would that have even happened? Would there have even been that backlash? Because I feel like since then, people have said so much worse. And I think they said it in a time where our country was in a... They said it right after 9-11. It was right after 9-11. Yeah. I, you know, we were just in a spot. It was kind of like just uh, the wrong, bad timing for what they... Because yeah. the bottom line is everyone could, they could have, everyone could have their own opinion. You e- and I are very much believe that. Everybody listening to this podcast yeah. has probably felt the same way about one of the last two presidents that the Dixie Chicks felt about George W. Bush. Totally. And You're it's not unpatriotic just, for disliking a president. It was it's just it's when they said it and, I mean, whatever. Anyway, I, I, I kind of wish they had just not said anything. It's kind of like when Taylor Swift got political. It made me mad. I was like, just, I like you because you're a distraction. Yeah. My, <laughs> I love my, music. My biggest beef with Taylor Swift, not and, and, I, and I know that this, Taylor Swift could not give a rat's patoot right. about my opinion, and my, nor should she. <laughs> However, it did rub me the wrong way when she, uh, for the longest time, she went on Letterman before it was Stephen Colbert. It was David Letterman on The Late Show. And uh, David tried to ask her about it. And she's like, you know, I just really believe that, you know, I'm, I'm here to entertain you. I'm not a political expert. I'm, I'm here to play music and to kind of get you away from that. And right. she was 100% right. And she was coached that by the people who were mentoring her and which led her to become the superstar that she is. Fast forward to when she decides I'm going to speak out on my political opinions she reached a point where it was okay for her to do that. Like, no problem. You you certainly have the right. 
But what she did was she started knocking the people who told her not to share her opinions early on in her career. She's like, and she even said like, yeah, there were a bunch of old white men who said, I can't talk about politics. And I'm looking at her, I'm like, Taylor, they were right. You wouldn't have blown up to be the, you're the biggest star in the world mm -hmm. if you would have shared your political opinions before you were absolutely established as a legend. And that, that leads just to the whole thought of, I don't know why any celebrity decides to go that route and share their opinion on that. I mean, it, it, and I don't say that because you don't have the freedom to do it. Of course you do. Like we all have the freedom to, you know, freedom of speech. You can say what you want. You think what you want. But I feel like you are immediately alienating 50% of your audience. And I just don't know why as a celebrity that you would want to do that. Also, I don't, I mean, look, I love Taylor Swift's music. I think she's a wonderful entertainer, but quite frankly, whether I agree with her or not, I don't really, her input on politics doesn't really influence mine. Maybe I'm different in that way. Maybe she does influence people, but I- Well, she influences younger voters and, yeah. and her more devout, her her hardcore fans who, yeah. instead of doing their own research, which everybody should do their own research, because I understand people who, who think different than me politically. Totally. I, under I understand why they vote that way. Mm -hmm. We have different priorities. We have different values. That's okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'll tell you this. And I, we, we dove into politics. We, sh we probably shouldn't be here. Um, that being said, one thing I'd, I'd like to see us all agree on across the board, I think both sides. And I'll give, you, I'll give you names. I'll give you Trump and Biden. And I'll give you Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell. All in their late 70s, early 80s. If there's one thing I've, I'd like to see us all agree on in America, politicians need to get younger. I know, but here's the problem. I, I think if they get younger... I think we'll actually agree on a lot more. But I'm going to tell you this right now. I don't think it's going to happen, and here's why. Because immediately, think about it. Somebody runs for office, and what's the first thing that people do? They go digging into their past. Oh well, anybody that's younger, there's going to be video. There's going to be sound clips. There's going to be, quote, proof <laughs> of things they've done. And I think that it's... It, <sighs> People are just going to say, well, I've done this or that in my life and I can't, you know, but, so I could never because people would hold it against me. Let me let me counter that with something I just saw recently. I think it was, was it the Grammys on Sunday? Who was it? Louis C.K., the comedian. I think he was at the Grammys for some reason. Didn't he win? He might have won something. I think he did. And here's the thing. Louis C.K. was canceled for doing some freaky stuff a couple years. He was a canceled. But now, like, all of a sudden, canceled people are, are, are just kind of saying, you know what? I'm not canceled. I'm going to... I'm going to book some shows, and mm -hmm. if people don't show up, then I guess I am canceled. But I think there's a lot of people who don't believe in cancel culture who are like, I'm going to go support this guy because he was. they were canceled because some some ver a very loud but very small group of people used all caps on Twitter. Right. But think about it. That's for, So for everyone, even the Dixie Chicks, because they do still perform shows, yeah. it's just it's a smaller audience, but... You, there are still people. Just for everybody that's canceled, there's there's a group of people that yeah. didn't cancel you. So. Oh man, 2017, we saw the Dixie Chicks. 2016, we saw the Dixie Chicks. They were at the uh, then Sprint Center, mm -hmm. and uh, they filled the place up. And uh, great, well, it wasn't a great show because they made that mistake. They made the same mistake Shania did. They didn't play the hits. I don't know let's why. Let's jump back into artists the do that. Yeah, let's let's jump back. Yeah, let's jump right back in that with you with Duran Duran again. I just professed my love for '80s music, and I went to see Duran Duran years ago, and I was so pumped because I thought it's going to be all their '80s songs. That's mm -hmm. why people love them. Mm -hmm. Oh no, it was songs no one had heard off the new album that nobody really cared about. Everybody was there for the nostalgia of the show, and they did. The, you know what they did at the very end? They did like a montage of not even the full song. No, it was. 
I was mad. I actually left there mad. <laughs> this is stupid. What and, are you and doing? The, the, I'd like to see the record labels, uh, the, the people who are, you know, who pay who pay to put on these shows. Yes. Take a stand and say, no, you moron. You play the hits. Garth Brooks, the reason he sells out seven to nine shows every time he comes to Kansas City, he literally said it into the microphone. He said, you guys, I got a lot of great new music that I'm so excited to share, but I know why you came here <laughs> I know tonight. why you're here. You came here. To, you came here to hang out with you in the oasis with your friends in low places, and the crowd just because that's Kenny Chesney what you Arrowhead want. Stadium. He knows. Yes. He, well, you don't think he starts with summertime every time? I mean, he gets right into it. There is a the artist. Once you've been in the game a decade, 15, 20 years, play the hits. Play the hits. Sprinkle a new song or two in the middle of the show. You're allowed to do that. Of course, that's fine. Honestly, though, even that. No. Play, play, no, play the new song that's on the radio. Like, play oh, the newest. Right, right. But, like, the deep cut off the album that you're really proud of. Look, I, I'd probably love it. And I don't mind hearing it if it's just sprinkled in there. But honestly, if you're, let's use Eric Church as an example. He could fill an entire show and then some with all of his hits. Mm-hmm. It could be hit, hit, hit. And he'll do that. He'll toss in, you know. And I'm not mad about it because I love Eric Church yeah. and he could sing the uh, alphabet Wait, and I'd be happy. And you know what? Eric is a wild card, though. Yeah. Because Eric, the song, uh, the, the classic is These Boots. Mm-hmm. He will, His label told him, can't play that at his shows. And he's like, you don't understand. That song gets the biggest pop because my fans just know. A hundred percent. Now, he was right. And, and, and kudos to him for being right on that. That being said... Not everybody is good at that. Eric, I think, has a unique understanding of his fans, mm-hmm. and, and and that's just that's he's kind of a unicorn in that way. Right. Uh, not everybody can get away with it, and especially these artists again who have been around now. You, you got to play the hits. You yeah, have you have to, to play, play the, the hits. hits. The I hits are it. what that's just what it is. You know, speaking of Eric, we uh, you know, we since we're talking about the industry, mm-hmm. I still, I still. I am wondering, this is not me bashing Eric Church. This is me thinking out loud, having honest opinions, because you can love something and also critique it. I say that about Kansas City all the time. I have some critiques about Kansas City. Doesn't mean I don't love living here. My husband it, would say this about me. But it, <laughs> <laughs> but just because you love something doesn't mean you can't express things that you think are, not even not necessarily wrong, but like, you know what, hey, this city is great. This thing is great, but it would be even better if this. Mm-hmm. There, are, there is a growing number of people who are asking, and I think it's a fair question to ask, and I don't even have an answer for it, so I'm just going to pose the question to you listening. Has Eric Church reached a point where just maybe he doesn't care about his fans as much as he used to? I think what happens, and I don't, I, I this happens to lots of artists. I'm not going to call out specific ones. I think once these artists reach a level of fame, God, I hate saying this out loud because it's just a silent thought. Okay. But but I do think in some ways that they care a little less. And, and here's why. Because they don't have to. Correct. Think about it. When an, when an artist is brand new, like I was just saying, you know, you and I, we go to Vegas or Nashville and we get to talk to all these country stars backstage. And it's great talking to the big names. It really is. But I've really found myself enjoying these up and comers because they're so hungry. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the conversations have been spectacular. You know, they're interesting and it's fun to get to know somebody. And I'm rooting for them. Mm-hmm. You know, when the stars get to a certain level of fame, 
they just don't have to work as hard. And Correct. and you could say that about any industry. And, and congrats to them for, totally. for reaching that level of success. I'm not mad at you. No. I'm not hating no, on no, you for no, it. Right. But I'll give you two. Uh, of course, we all know the Eric Church story about how he canceled his show in San Antonio so he could go to the Final Four and watch his team. I'm a sports nut. Mm-hmm. But I'm also an adult. And he's like, well, he's human. He's allowed to live a life. Eric Church lives an extraordinary life. And and bottom line is, I'm sorry, this isn't the same as somebody who's an accountant or a works at a cubicle from 8 to 5. Eric Church has a very unique, very awesome job that very few people get to do in this world. His job is different. So I don't fully agree with people saying, well, he's human. He's allowed to, to cancel a day of work if he wants to. Uh, if somebody's sick, yeah, but... And he now he fully acknowledged that it was selfish. See, I appreciated his honesty. I, I appreciated. Really did. Hey, no, and I'll give him credit for his honesty. But just mm-hmm. because he's honest doesn't mean that like that's like saying with I can't go to my my boss and say hey with all due respect you're a piece of shit. I can't say you can't <laughs> just because you're honest doesn't mean your action then is like all of a sudden forgiven. You can't. No, do that. no, no, no. But in that situation, I guess I was just. Well, you know, he had no choice but to be honest because right. anybody that knows him knows he's a fan of North Carolina and that, you know, it was it was the final four and he, people would have figured it out or they would have seen him because he actually took his family to but, the game. And, and then here's my other example of Eric Church. So the, the Kansas City show. And I and, and some people will disagree with this. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of selfishly saying this. Mm-hmm. And so I'll acknowledge that right off the bat. But you remember, so when Eric was in Kansas City, his show didn't start till 9.15. I'm going to be honest, that bugged me. And here's why. I had a sitter. And I only had a sitter until I forget what time now. What time? 10.30 maybe. Something like that. And most of his fans are of the age where they're going to need a babysitter. And maybe, you know, maybe some sitters can stay later, whatever. Mine, I just didn't. And also, it's expensive to get a sitter, not for nothing. But, um, yeah, he didn't start. I mean, I feel like if he had started at 8, like I thought he would, that we would have been able to see most of the show, maybe had a get out a little bit early but we missed a lot of the show because of it i think we had to miss over half of it yeah and 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 me selfishly i you know i'm just with our crazy work schedule you know i'm I'm just at at 10 30 i'm done like i I am like i'm (laughs) wiped out i'm a grandma and i go to bed at 6 30 and that's my own thing so i don't hold that against eric but here's what right so i I had heard something and i i can't confirm this but it, it seems like it makes sense but i had heard somewhere that what eric does is he waits until 80% of the tickets sold are scanned, that they're in the arena, and that's when he starts. Mm. And I'm like, and when I first heard that, I'm like, okay, I appreciate that. He wants to make sure that the as many fans as possible get to see as much of the show as possible. That's what I first thought. Then I thought about it a little more, and I'm like, wait a minute. Aren't your best fans, your diehard fans, they're in their seats ready by eight o'clock, eight thirty, which is still late to go on. But like, and 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 look, main events well, always go on at nine fifteen. But that's because they have openers beforehand. I was gonna say, here's what another thing I'm gonna critique about Eric. <laughs> I feel terrible because he's truly my favorite. I, he is legitimately my favorite country artist. But he doesn't have openers anymore, and that's something that I think you brought to my attention. Mm-hmm. But just that again, where's that? Where's that? Remembering where you came from and thinking about when you, Eric, were that artist that got to open up for some, you know. Can I give you the perfect example? Yeah, totally. Uh, in New England, uh, where the Patriots played, Kenny Chesney had him out. Had, had he, oh Eric gosh. was an opener for Kenny Chesney on one of those stadium tours. What a year. big deal! And Kenny would always at the would bring him out on stage at some point to do a song with him. Mm-hmm. And he even said, I remember because it's on one of his live albums. Like he brings out Eric Church and he says, "I'm going to bring out a guy who I think is going to sell out this stadium on mm-hmm. his own one day." Here's Eric Church, and like that exposure, like that. That helped skyrocket him, fully deserved, to the level he is today. 
why would you not? If and unless there's just nobody in Nashville right now that he believes in, which might be the case, but I doubt it. I doubt it. it. There's doubt too it. many good artists. Like, why wouldn't you handpick yeah. these people that you? I want you with me because I yes. believe in you. Wouldn't you want to pay that forward? Yeah, and you'd want to be selective, which is cool. You know, you'd want to you you want someone that you really believe in. And he's earned that right. A hundred percent. And I so. I respect that. But right. yeah, I that's another thing that kind of bugged me. And again, I feel terrible because I do love the dude a lot. But I do think that 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 does happen just because it does. Yeah. That when people reach a certain level of fame, that they just don't have to. They don't have to do. But you know what I love about a guy like Thomas Rhett? He has honestly, in my opinion, reached that level of fame. I mean, he's he's a big but star. But he still does all the interviews. But he still does all the interviews. You know, um, I appreciate that about him. No, he's he's very cool, and uh, we we are grateful for. And 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 I'm sorry because I realize this this has unintentionally turned into a little bit of a bashing of Eric Church. It, it it's not meant to. But these are genuine concerns and thoughts that we've had, and we're not taken away from his talent or anything like that. But mm-hmm. it's just you know we. A part of us is bothered by the fact that we wonder if, you know, your, your fans are always going to be the ones who make or break you. And he's doing a makeup show in San Antonio, and that's great. But I guess it's at a venue that's one-third of the capacity of the original place he was supposed to be. So we'll, we'll see. But you know what? That being said, Eric Church has earned the right to do whatever he wants to do, and and, and we, we love the hell out of his music. Yeah. And just um, just final comments just on the overall is that um, I, I think what's great is that we have so many different kinds of music in this world. You know, yep. do you know what I was listening to the other night while I was making dinner? Classical music. I love to listen to classical music. Polka. <laughs> no, just symphony, Beethoven, dun, Mozart. Dun, 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 dun. I just didn't. I do. I enjoy it. It relaxes me. I like it. But not all the time, you know, but I think there's different right. times you want different things. And I think that's the beauty of it. And I think that I get a little upset with people who are just like, well, that ain't country. And it's like, well, no, it, it, it's it's different kind of country, but it's right. I like that we have options. I like that we have variety. And I also think just because you listen to country doesn't mean that you don't like lots of other different kinds of music. Or... I feel like a lot of our listeners listen to all kinds, all kinds. of music. I, agree. I, I, I feel like there's not a listener who listens to The Morning Drive with Mike Keller and Jenny Matthews on Q104, Kansas City's new hit country yeah. that doesn't also appreciate when Dua Lipa comes well, on. Well, <laughs> I don't know. My friend Hank, you've met him. <laughs> Hank, Hank likes the gold country. He He's likes the old school gold country. country. It's all good. Thank you so much for listening to us. We really appreciate you. Shout out to Michael Ray for the yeah. incredible conversation. That was a great talk. And uh, we'll talk to you next week.